Hello everybody, this is recorded right before the next FPL deadline, the unfortunate turnaround of three days between games. We'll see this particular review push out a little bit later than usual where we look at how Newcastle tried as they might, unable to break down Leeds United in the torrential rain at St. James's Park. For FPL purposes, we also look at who will thrive in a chaotic environment such as this, especially in this December period where rain or snow could be extremely heavy, stifling the momentum and flow of games. New Castle, the 4-3-3 as usual, this time saw Callum Wilson appear on the bench, later being subbed on, so in the meantime Chris Wood continued to deputise as the number 9. Otherwise everything else maintained the same, although there was also a special appearance from Alan St. Maximin who came on as a substitute late on. So we're going to begin with the solution that Newcastle brought forward to combat Leeds aggressive press. There were many approaches to this, usually by you could play wide as Bournemouth did, I think two weeks ago. You could play long like City did last week. And Newcastle kind of did both in the sense that they combined in terms of their passing and their interplay from deep in the opening stages using their central midfielders. But at the same time, they also had the potential of playing long balls directly to Chris Wood to receive the ball on the run, shrugging off a defender essentially, and taking shots. So, at this stage, the most important key factor here is that as long as you make your decision early against Leeds, and you know which areas or which zones you want to target, in, then as long as you have the player quality to receive the ball and create shots from there, so be it. Over 90 minutes though, instead of looking at sporadic chances like Woods early on, we can at least identify that all of Newcastle's dribbling came to the fore. We know that Newcastle are full of players that are at least confident in their dribbling. Miguel Amiron, Joel Linton, as well as most of their central midfielders all have the capability of bringing the ball themselves into areas of the pitch with pace and if not with drive. The crucial thing here was that in the heavy downpour, it was important to understand that dribbling really matters as it is incredibly difficult to put in well-timed tackles and we saw late in the game Joel Linton really shining, beating several players and creating really good chances for the likes of Sean Longstaff on the hour mark and so on. For FPL purposes, does that mean we have to monitor the weather reports moving forward? Yes and no perhaps, but we know that at some stage, snow is going to hit certain parts of the country and it is important to pick dribblers at this stage who will follow themselves up with at least a goal-creating action such as Joel Linton's. Having said that, this particular match didn't change the Newcastle landscape so much as Miguel Almiron did attempt as many dribbles as Joel Linton himself, while Kieran Trippier was certainly more advanced, at least in the first half. Not really creating crosses, but actually putting in a lot more free kicks than usual considering how aggressive and how many fouls Leeds committed to. 
In the end, this match just showed that Newcastle's Plan A, every single part of their Plan A, continues to thrive and it was just down to finishing that was lacking in the end. Leeds United, the 4-2-3-1 finally saw Tyler Adams come back, but the unfortunate thing was that Mark Roca was rested, so Tyler Adams had a partner, Adam Forshaw, in deep midfield instead. They also welcomed Jack Harrison back into the side, playing on the right flank, with Brenton Emerson playing in the middle as the number 10. Hooray! Now, Luke Ayling also notably took up a right back spot, which meant that Leeds had a lot of verticality, especially when Tyler Adams bit into challenges, winning the ball and bursting into the finals. So we're going to start with the good, especially under this new configuration Leeds insist on defending with, where they have their three strikers extremely narrow once again, just as they did against Man City, fitting themselves into the width of the centre circle. And curiously enough, their three central midfielders did the exact same thing. There was no real priority to stretch space out, and instead, the fullbacks were the ones that were stepping in the midfield, riding challenges and whatnot. Arguably, Leeds would technically be counter-pressing with six players instead of the usual four. And at the same time, instead of a diamond up front supplemented by two free-roaming defenders, so to speak, this unit of six could make themselves as narrow as they wanted if they wanted to target a certain player and honestly it looked pretty scary live or they could stretch the pitch as far as they wanted having themselves individually on Newcastle's three-man midfield using their three-man midfield and at the same time pressing Newcastle's back four using their front three. Regardless, we have to talk about the bad. First things first for FPL purposes. One, long ball over the top remains extremely difficult to defend against, especially when they come from angles. Diagonal balls, such as from Kieran Trippier's, would have been a very good example, but thankfully, it wasn't Kieran Trippier that did the damage. Instead, Fabian Scher, yet another centre-back, pulled extremely beautiful long diagonals, not just for Chris Wood across the match, but for Joel Linton as well. So, in the future, for FPL purposes, to target Leeds' defense really is to choose a centre-back, a ball-playing centre-back that can potentially do damage against this side. In the end, we also have to understand that with Leeds' fixtures also becoming easier over the next four, they read West Ham, Brentford, Nottingham Forest, and later on Leeds, not including the Man United fixture by the way, with four games that are winnable out of five, we should use this opportunity, especially the West Ham game, to assess whether their aggressive pressing has their risks outweigh their benefits or not. This match, as fun as it looked, really resembled playground football, especially since both teams did have the tendency of pressing a particular player aggressively. But across the pitch itself, Leeds chose to use specific areas of the pitch to win the ball, sometimes even directly surrounding Joel Linton himself. And there would be times where certain players just had the dribbling ability to get past their men. At the same time, Newcastle's pressing on Leeds also signified how intensely they want to win the ball in terms of dominance. 
The thing about Newcastle is that they sustained their momentum so well playing at St. James's Park that they created chance after chance and it was just surprising to see how many corners and free kicks they actually won and eventually created chances off. This is something that will continue to be underrated for Newcastle since they didn't score here, but it is certainly possible that a free kick specialist or someone that benefits from free kick specialists such as Fabian Scher will suddenly get double digits over the next few games. This is FPL Teacher who will also quickly reveal Brighton Arsenal within the next hour.